When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just wonder how many wins not having Joel Selwood costs you. Like, not just the, not just the 120 minutes of game day, but the, the, the preparation hours, the off-season hours, the, the casual conversation for younger players to, to, to help them feel you know, part of the place, to make them feel wanted and respected and loved. You know, Joel was great at all, all those sort of things that we don't really talk about when we're analysing the game. I just wonder how many wins not having Joel Selwood in your in your facility will call. Well, there you go. There was David King, SEN's own David King, Fox Footy's own David King, speaking about the Geelong Football Club in uh, life after Joel Selwood. Adam Kearney, your thoughts on uh, that little piece of commentary? Well, I don't know how how many games it's hard it'll, to it'll quantify, cost isn't it? per, per se. Next, next year, they could roll in with the momentum of winning a flag and finish top four again. Mm. It, it, it'll happen over time in terms of a culture shift. Yep. And you'll know better than I, having been uh, in the change room with him. I, I imagine him to be um, a ruthless... Um, and we know he's a ruthless competitor, but, but I imagine he's ruthless. Let me stop you right there. Uh, because I thought the same. When I came here, I thought... So when I was traded from Adelaide to Geelong, Joel was in Tokyo and he gave me a call and he said to me, um, he goes, don't, don't come in out of shape. The hoops don't look good if, you know, if, you're, if you're out of shape. And I, and I <laughs> thought, oh, hello. Hoop. I said, here we go. Here we go. This is, this is the Joel Selwood I, I thought I was going to get. He is the complete opposite. He is, he is uh, he's a, he's a soft ear. He's, he's, he's friendly. He's kind. He's, he listens. He, he does not. There were times at training I thought, Joel's going Joel's gonna to whack these blokes here. He's going to give it to us. He almost never did. The way he competes on the field against his opponents is completely in contrast to the way he captains and, 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 and he looks after his boys. And I say looks after his boys because that's actually how he captains. He, he looks after his boys. He protects his boys. And you've heard him, you probably heard him at different stages across his career. The only time he'd really get his back up is someone, you know, criticised his team or went after his coach or he's really, he's a protector. Uh, and he'll 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 give you chance after chance after chance. Eventually, if you if you burn him, then you know that'll be it. But he's he's not the ruthless, hardened, you know, vicious captain that that most and many people think he probably is. And the other thing I would say uh, in regards to what it will look like after Joel Selwood, there's a lot of people, a lot of players here who will step into different roles who have seen how Joel's operated. And that rubs off. So, you know, Patrick Dangerfield's been a, a, an assistant, a, a vice-captain. Mark Blitzhouse has been a vice-captain. Tom Stewart, I think, has been a vice-captain. Tom Hawkins is never officially in the leadership group, but make no mistake, he is... If, if Joel's the captain, Hawk's the deputy in a, in, a, in a more silent role because he's as influential as Joel. So I, I don't think there'll be a... Major drop off without disrespecting what Joel did. Yeah. So Jenkins, Jenkins says 
Selwood leadership overrated. Selwood a myth. Selwood leadership overrated. (laughs) I think they'll be okay. I think the point you made is perfect, that over time, once a Hawkins leaves and a Dangerfield leaves and a Blitzarves leaves, then maybe it'll be an evolution in terms of, okay, what is the next five or six years of, of Geelong leadership look like? I think that's when it'll start to change a little bit more. I think Joel's um, shadow and imprint will still be here in a sense because Hawk is a very similar operator. Pat Dangerfield's a very similar operator. Mark Blitzarves is a very similar operator. Yeah. Chris Scott is a similar operator. So I think... I think they'll be okay from from that sense, but it's gonna it's gonna be a hole. That's you know he's one of yeah. the greatest. So so I could always least. I could always see the the empathetic side of Joel Selwood, uh, and I've seen that publicly when he speaks about his players, mm-hmm. as he said. But I, I was more leaning towards the the fact that it, it, ruthless in a way that if you're in the gym with Joel Selwood and you might thinking about doing nine reps instead of ten. When you look over and Joel's there, nah. you, you do your tenth because Joel's there. Well, yes, that, not, not, that's not true. Not thinking that Joel's going to come up and say, "Listen, mate, you're not lifting heavy enough." That, yes, it's yes, almost like yeah. the Selwood effect. Just of him being there makes you, yeah, because you don't want to let him down. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, that is definitely true. But he's not. He isn't. You know, and and, and But I, if he found out a player was doing, say, two sets of eight instead of three sets of ten in the gym. But he'd now. handle it a different way. So, you know, um, Taylor Walker, who was the captain of the Crows for a long time, won two, was a two-time AFLPA captain of the year. He was a – he would um, verbally – he'd hit you in the face and, 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 and say, mate, do do what we're supposed to do. Hmm. I don't want to hear why you're not – just do it. It's aggressive. Whereas Joel would – Joel – and I'm, I'm saying – I'm not – I'm trying to decipher which one's right or wrong. It's all different. Some of the best captains of all time have been that type of in-your-face and, and, and that bravado. Whereas Joel would probably say to you when you're walking back to the change room to have a shout, mate, you know, just we all do it. Yep. They don't, you know, those guys don't put it in there for for fun. It's worth doing. So he does it in a different manner. Uh, Kingy also spoke about, he went down and watched the Bombers train. Now we said from it, afar, hopefully, would have been dangerous uh, if Brad Scott had got his hands on him. But uh, Kingy went down to uh, watch the Bombers train yesterday, and uh, this is what he saw. I'm looking forward to some scrimmage games to see where they actually play Dyson Apple. You know, we know McGrath is probably going to go to half back. Where does Nick Cox, who's missed a little bit of preseason, he was back out there yesterday. Where does he actually line up under Brad Scott's plan? It looked like they were training some more zoning type defensive play instead of being you know rusted on one-on-one uh defensive unit so that'll be great for players like you know laverde and redmond and and, and obviously ridley so i think there's there's drastic change there so so there was david king um talking about essendon's some subtle changes that he'd seen with their defensive systems and as someone who's lucky enough to be involved we trained this morning it is it is a little not foolish, but it's not. You don't necessarily get what you see in terms of training. It's a you know, there's stuff that's being trialed, and there's guys doing different things, and there's guys coming in and out of drills, and you know, so training is a little messy at this time of the year. But there's no doubt everyone's going to be looking for a an improved uh, intensity system in terms of the way Essendon defend this year. Yeah, well, Brad Scott is quite a positive coach in the way that he moved the footy and let his players play uh, with a certain amount of freedom um, at North Melbourne. So I think that'll be introduced. That They went 
too far the the other way in terms of how attacking Essendon were three to four years ago. Ben Rutten tried to instill um, that defensive style, mm. like setting up behind the footy. They were quite strong in terms of how they set up behind the ball, but that affected, uh, I think, negatively um, how they moved the footy. And at times they were slow and sideways and um, complete opposite of how attacking they were and, and were quite dangerous sort of... Um, a few years ago, but were scored against heavily mm. going back the other way. So Ben Rutten was trying to put that balance in there. They're a couple of years into that. So uh, it's not an easy task for, for Brad Scott, but it's made somewhat easier that Ben Rutten tried to put those defensive pillars and structure in place. So um, in terms of what they do with Dyson Heppel and at, at half back, they've got a number of options mm. behind the footy. I think, yeah. that are probably ahead of, of Hep. So it'll be interesting to see where he lines up. He played a, a strong role at times on when he went back to a wing yeah. in season 2022. So um, it remains to be seen where, where he fits. But I, you like, I like Andy McGrath at halfback. Mason Redman, obviously, a terrific season at halfback. Then you've got Ridley and some other key defenders down there. So, I mean, and then Nick Cox is another one. Like, where do you throw him? Yeah. As, as King, you mentioned. Does he start on a wing? It's... It's a good problem to have, but um, yeah, Essendon are a real unknown in terms of how strong they will be. Do they get back to that attacking style that made them so attractive to watch not too long ago? Indeed. Uh, Another thing Kingy touched on and keen to speak about this is is, uh, Carlton potentially, well, Carlton certainly without Sam Walsh in the early part of the season. This is what David King had to say on that fact. I think it's all on Walsh. I think he's their most important play. I mean, I know they've got some assets up forward and they've got the Brownlow medalist, but this, this guy separates games. He's he's the spark player that, that they need. He's the ball carrier. He's the beautiful kick going inside 50. It'll be critical how much football he misses and, and, and how he comes back. I mean, his first his first two to three weeks, will, they'll be given some grace, but then they're almost going to have to do a mini pre-season with him in season. So I guess we wait and see. But he's their most important player. They're not going far without a fit, healthy Sam Walsh. So uh, there was uh, David King speaking about Sam Walsh. Now I'm, I'm, I agree with what he said. But just in terms of Sam Walsh, when they spoke before Christmas about Sam Walsh hasn't participated, he's not really running. Alarm bells, alarm bells, because with injured backs and soft tissue niggles and we see Max King running laps with his arm in a sling in the paper yesterday. Generally, guys can do stuff with with relatively serious injuries. When I heard he had done next to nothing, yeah. I was thinking, oh, no. And then the next thing you hear is surgery is the, 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 the way to go. It's a, it's a – scary is a bit too strong of a word and that's a bit scary. But it is very concerning, Sam Walsh having back surgery and having done next to nothing. Yep. Uh, up to this point, it is it is very scary. His saving grace is that he's ultra fit naturally. Yes, yes, of course. So he will come back, and he will he has that natural fitness, and he's not going to be too far behind. The, uh, it's in the first listen, you think, "Well, Kingy, that's a big statement." Sam mm. Walsh is their most important player when they've got Coleman medalists, uh, they've got yeah, Brownlow medalists. But yeah. I think he's right. I, I went to a couple of Carlton games, um, and when. Uh, teams that were watching take, took my young fella down. I said, well, just uh, watch because he plays a little. My young fella, he's only fourteen. He's young. a bit like Sam Walsh. Plays a little. Plays a little bit um, in the midfield. A little bit sort of half back. Play throw throw him sort of everywhere. But uh, he wants to play 
on a wing at times. And I said, well, we'll go to a game. I said, just watch Sam Walsh. Just watch him for a quarter, yeah. and that's how hard you need to work <laughs> if you want to play on the wing. And he was just shocked. So, And it's hard to focus on one player, but just watch how hard yeah. he runs. And he's their link player down back. He's their great distributor uh, inside 50, and he's their hardest worker. So, And he's the guy that sort of holds it all together mm. through the midfield. Paddy mm. Cripps is your – we know what he does. It's yep. self-explanatory, and the guys up forward are a product of what happens Indeed, up the ground. Yes. And, and I think he is that link. He is that key man through the middle of the ground, back behind. He works so hard to be an extra in defence. So they're, they're going to miss him. There's no doubt about that. And you talk about how many um, wins it's going to cost from having Selwood um, retired. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, I mean, you said you can't quantify it, but, geez, it hurts having Sam. Oh, Walsh it hurts. It hurts big season. time. And Carlton, I mean, I love what I saw from them last year. And health in the end was what got them. Health, in my opinion, stopped them from making the finals yep. and, and having a large say on September. Uh, David King also spoke about the Demons, of course, uh, won that uh, premiership in 2021 over in Perth. Last year, were unbeaten. Uh, things were going smoothly. A few hiccups off the field, and then their form started to dip away, and in the end, uh, knocked out comprehensively of September. This is what David King had to say about the Demons heading into 2023. I love what Melbourne have done. You know, if, if you're going to be a, a clearance-based, contest-based team, then then you, you you go after you go after another ruckman to give Max some, some assistance. I think they've looked at what Geelong have done with the, the use of Stanley as the ruckman, then floating centre back and freeing up a defender for that intercept marking. I think that'll be what Max Gorn does. Max will probably do some centre bounce work and be the ruckman centre back, and I'd expect Grundy to play the Blitzarves type role and be that that ruckman centre forward or a roaming possession gathering ruckman. Um, different to Blitzarves because he can tag. You'd think mm. Grundy would just be the possession winner, but but I love I love the weaponry that now Simon Goodwin's going to have. Now there's an interesting uh, thought. Now, we've spoken a lot about, and, and na- naturally the, the query is, okay, how do you use Gorn and, uh, and Grundy, mm. who I do call Grundy these days? Yep. Uh, how do you use them? So I've, I've, I've spoken about a similar um, uh, possibility, front half, back half. Uh, because I've seen it work and I've been involved. Well, you've in the mastermind of it what? down with Reece Stanley and Blitzars. <laughs> Let's be honest, it was your not, idea and you came quite. up with an executed to perfection which resulted in a premiership. So, well done. What I will say is it's the front half, back half concept is, it sounds easy, but it's it's not actually easy because there's a lot of situations where the ball might be at stoppage. Who's in the ruck? The ball might be uh, deep in defence. Well, Reece Stanley was just playing as a back half defender now he's in the ruck so who's on his man there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts that make it a little bit more difficult and and as David King said Mark Blitzarves goes and tags every now and then he starts in the center bounce and he does different things so Melbourne are going to have to come up with their own slant on it if in fact they do go down that path if you go to training and see some of their matches you might just see them general genuinely playing I'm in the ruck, you're forward, we're swapping. It might be like that, but I think Max Gorn's so good behind the ball that that's probably how you want to play it. Have Grundy as a as a big target, 50 to 70 from goal, and have, have Gorn help out with the team defence behind the ball. I'm not sure I like the sound of it, 
because one of Max Gorn's great... Do you like it? Do you like it from a, what Geelong do with their two? Yeah, but that's different in yeah. terms of... Because like, they're different. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like Blitzards can play anywhere, and Reece Stanley is... Athletic. Is, is Which really part athletic. of it, from Melbourne's point of view, don't you like? It's more, the, I have more, it's more that if, if Grundy is going to play as that forward... Ahead of the ball. A forward role. Because Max Gorn's strength is working his opponent back yeah. and then working him forward. And if working forward where he takes contested marks and kicks goals. Yeah. If that ability is taken away of him so he, he can't he feels like yeah. he doesn't want to push forward because yeah. he's got Brody Grundy in that space already then he becomes a center back player which is not as effective because what he does behind the footy is unbelievable in terms of getting into that hole yes. and filling Super. it but yeah. then he works just as hard the other way and takes marks inside 50 I feel it just takes away half of his strength Max Gorn which is working his opponent into the ground and he's really effective forward of the ball what if what if uh, Grundy's role is to get to every long kick that goes in the front half and then that allows McDonald to roam and Brown to be closer to goal and not have to stand in the packs that doesn't necessarily suit him and Fritch can be a roamer? What if Grundy's role, and look, it's an expensive asset it's to get just, to do yeah. those types of roles, but what if his role is just to be that focal point in the front half of the ground, not necessarily taking up space inside 50. What if his job is to do that? And then Max has still got the license to push hard forward, but Brody, if you see that, then you need to replace him and you're yeah. the back half. Well, like to come, it, it, it comes down to communication between the two players. Mm. And if they develop that, um, that rapport and, and gel early on, then yeah. it, it could possibly work. Because if they do communicate or Gorn sees Grundy up as that option and then he marks a footy, Gorn, uh, Grundy marks a footy down the line, gives it off to a little runner going past and it could possibly work. I just don't know if Brody Grundy is going to be happy and play his best footy as a role-playing yeah. kick-to-me-down-the-line mm. marking be, option when he isn't it'll the be best contested. It's, Max Gorn is a better contested mark than Brody Grundy. It'll be interesting and there'll be, uh, tell you what, the Fox Footy Lab will be watching it from behind the goals. Don't you worry about that. We'll see it all clipped up and all these different types of things. So uh, plenty of topics from David King. We know he puts the time in and he goes and watches teams train, which not many people do or can do these days. So uh, David King's one of the best in the business when it comes to breaking down the modern game. This has been a footy chat between mates. We're we're good mates, mates, aren't we? Um, Make the switch to mate internet and mobile now. A break. And on the other side, plenty more great stuff.